Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. day he decided to prove it and this is how he decided to prove it he uh he was having a reception and dignitaries were coming by to shake his hand and he wanted to prove his theory and so as they would walk by and lean in to shake his hand he would say this to them as they would exchange pleasantries he would say I killed my grandmother this morning and they would shake his hand and they would just go on down the line and that continued throughout the entire procession of diplomats until finally one of the last guys that came through shook his hand, and when he said, I killed my grandmother this morning, the the gentleman responded, well, Mr. President, I'm sure she had it coming. The idea was is that in politics, nobody really listens to what you're saying. Well, that can also be said, I'm afraid, about relationships uh, because this is what we've discovered. 66% or 65% of couples interviewed say that their biggest issue is communication. It's going to get quiet up in here this morning, all right? Uh, 70% of husbands interviewed said that the biggest issue, this is not going to go over well, 70% of the husbands said that the biggest issue they have with their wife is the fact that she nags him. See, I knew that wouldn't go over great. Uh, Don't be throwing any elbows already in the middle, all right? But, But all that really speaks to is the fact that communication is an issue is an issue. And so we've said we're going to talk about the fact that I hate my marriage and how to get out. We've got to talk about the fact that you can talk your way out of a bad marriage. Now, don't misconstrue. I've already told you that I would not say anything to you that would contradict God's Word because He will not contradict His Word. But we have to learn how to communicate so that we talk our way out of a bad marriage. And so let's think back now. Over the last two weeks, we've been dealing with one account in Scripture. We're going to stay in that account. We've been talking about the the, the backdrop of our story is this. It's about a, a preacher and a prostitute. Uh, I said I said last week, that sounds like a movie that you want to avoid. And somebody piped up this week when I mentioned that and said, I think I've already seen that movie way too many times. And so, so, so you, you understand. So, so the preacher and the prostitute, it's a man of the cloth and the woman of, a night, of the night. It's, it's Hosea and Gomer. We've affectionately begun to call her G because Gomer ruins all of the romantic side of this story. Why she didn't have a different name, I don't know, but her name was Gomer. Gomer. And so we're, we're talking about Hosea and Gomer. It's, it's this account. Um, if you go back and you look, and I did this this week. I wanted to make sure I was sure. And in the Old Testament, the book that carries the name Hosea is 14 chapters long. And if you begin to read in verse 1 of chapter 1 and read all the way through chapter 14 to the end, what you find out is that almost everything about the relationship that we can decipher, that we can figure out, is really contained in the first three chapters. Because uh, from chapter 4 on, it's basically the declarations of God about the children of Israel and the nation of Israel. And, and so what we find out and we can read about and kind of pick through is in chapter 1 through 3. And uh, as you know, or most of you probably know by now, this is what happened. Uh, Hosea is instructed to go find a prostitute and marry her. Thanks, God. 
Have you ever not liked what God's told you to do? Okay, I've, I've had some situations in my life where I don't like what God told me to do, but it's never been like this, all right? He said, go marry a prostitute. Why? He uses the relationship of Hosea and Gomer literally as an illustrated message to, to speak to the fact that Israel are people that love God and then leave God and then repent and love God and leave God. And the cycle continues and he's speaking to them. And so that's the account. That's the backdrop against which I want to take you into this morning. I want to read to you several passages. We've read them before, but I want to keep honing in on them so you kind of understand what's going on. Hosea chapter 1, beginning of verse 2, it says this. It says, here is the first message The Lord said to Hosea, go and marry a girl who is a prostitute so that some of her children will be born to you from other men. (laughs) Hang on, God, I don't like that too much, but that's what he said to do. This will illustrate the way my people have been untrue to me, committing open adultery against me by worshiping other gods. So then we fast forward to chapter 3. And in chapter 3, we see the scene unfold where Hosea, she G keeps leaving, keeps going back to prostitution. And, and finally, in chapter 3, Hosea is instructed, and he goes back and he makes the final rescue. Hosea chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Then God ordered me, start all over. Love your wife again. Your wife who's in bed with her latest boyfriend. Your cheating wife. Love her the way I, God, love the Israelite people even as they flirt and party with every God that takes their fancy. I did it. I paid good money to get her back. It cost me the price of a slave. Then I told her, from now on, you're living with me. No more whoring, no more sleeping around. You're living with me, and I'm living with you. This is an incredible account of mercy and redemption. But as I begin to uh, replay this account, like I said, I went back to make sure I was right. There is a revelation that I think I got out of this account. I went back and I began to look through the entire book of Hosea. I began to read it. Uh, It's a very complicated, complex relationship. This is a, this is not, this is like, they're, they're beyond Dr. Feel Ready, uh, they're, they're the, uh, the, the ones that are on the other cable channels ready, all right? Th- this is messed up. Th- th- it's very complex and complicated. But I noticed something that I had never noticed before. There, there was something that kind of went off in me that, that I noticed about this account. So what I want to do is I want to take the time to, to do this this morning. I want to let you in on this revelation. I am literally going to take the time to go through all 14 chapters this morning, some of y'all weren't ready for that, uh, uh, and I'm going to read to you every word that Gomer spoke in this account. Every, every word. Are you ready? All right, join me in Hosea chapter 1. We're going to go all the way through Hosea chapter 14. Are you ready? Here we go. I'm going to read every word that Gomer spoke in this account. Here we go. Are you ready? Okay, I'm done. She never says anything. There is never one recorded word by Gomer. It is absolute, total, and complete silence. Okay. God talks. And Hosea has a whole lot to say in 14 chapters. But Gomer 
is never recorded as if say, having said anything. And I'm not trying to make Scripture say something it doesn't, but the lack of a speaking part in this account for Gomer speaks volumes. Especially if I'm right, and I think I am, not that I'm right all the time, but I think I'm right about this, and that is this truth right here that you need to get in, in, into your own spirit in regards to your relationship, whether you're married, single, uh, want to be married, or already married and wish you were single. Whatever, stay, wherever you are, uh, this, this truth needs to get into your spirit, and that is this. I think this is true. C- communication is the single most critical component of a healthy relationship. Okay, I got a little bit of help, but I didn't get enough help. Uh, Communication is the single most critical component of a healthy relationship. In fact, if you don't have communication, you can turn a healthy relationship into an unhealthy relationship just by the means of communication. So uh, this account, with its lack of meaningful communication reveals to us some truths that we need to apply in our relationship. I want to give you three this morning uh, just to try to help you. The first thing I want to say to you this morning is this, is that if, if you can't talk, then you can't walk. It sounded better in my head, apparently, than it sounded to you. Uh, uh, this story reveals that, 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 that without communication, a relationship cannot be healthy because the truth is, is that your communication will, your, your, or your relationship will only go as far as your communication will take you. Okay, y'all are quiet on the spring. I know y'all stayed up late watching the Final Four, but I, I need you to help me a little bit because, see, uh, I, I, I listened to a guy by the name of Darius Daniels who likes to quote Miles Monroe, and Miles Monroe defines communication like this. He says, um, communication is transportation that leads and moves and carries your relationship to a destination. That's good. That's really good right there. So, so in other words, if there's no communication, you will travel, but you will travel via different paths. You can fall in love and say the I do's, but if you don't have healthy communication, before you know it, you'll wake up one day and you'll be in the bed with a stranger because without communication, you will continue to travel through life because nobody's static. You're always traveling. You're moving through life. But if you don't know how to communicate with one another, you will, even though you are traveling, you will soon discover that you're traveling different paths. That's literally what takes place in this story because Hosea and G didn't know how to communicate with one another apparently. They wake up one morning and they realize that although they've been traveling through life, they're not walking the same path. All based on their inability to talk. Uh, see, See, minus communication, you will travel, but you will not arrive at the same destination and you have no ability to to obtain the dream that you started with until you learn how to talk. If we can't talk, then we can't walk. See, see, I need you to understand that society has said that talk is cheap. But talk is not cheap. Talk is the determining factor as to whether or not our paths will ever converge. Our ability to communicate. The second thing I want to say to you this morning is this. Intimacy hinges on communication. Okay, so our society has tried to convince us that intimacy is achieved by sex. That's wrong. 
In fact, I can prove that scripturally to you. Because by society standards, Hosea and G were intimate. I mean, she had three kids. Right? So there's, we, we know that the, 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 uh, the, the, the man involvement on some of the kids was questionable. But at least the first one, we, we were pretty sure was all Hosea's. But, but so, so society would say, hey, they've been intimate. But I would submit to you that intimacy is entirely hinged upon your ability to communicate. Okay. Intimacy, I believe, is only accomplished by communication because you've said, or you've heard it said, that whoever has your ear has your future. I've said that to you. Whoever you listen to will determine your destination, your destiny, your future. I've said that to you. But there's also another component of that, and that is this. The truth is is that whoever has your ear also has your heart. Communication. So this is what happens. Too many of us never really achieve intimacy with the person we're married to or in relationship with because we've never learned how to talk about things that matter. So all of the communication stays on surface level and all of a sudden, eight months later, eight years later, 15 years later, we don't know them anymore. That's why people can get married and live 30 years together, get the kids out of the house and they can finally like, I said 30 years, you notice that how long it takes to get kids out of the house now? 30 years to get them out of the house and all of a sudden they're out of the basement, they're no longer playing video games and we're on our own and we suddenly wake up and we recognize we don't even know the person we're married to anymore because we haven't really had any communication in decades. Communication is the basis of intimacy. Talk matters. Uh, if we don't learn how to communicate, then we're doomed for, de- for failure. I want to say, listen, what will determine whether your relationship is healthy is not what, whether you match. You ever met one of those couples that match? Isn't it funny? I mean, we knew some growing up, every time you saw him, the man's tie matched the woman's dress. And, and then you bump him to Walmart and his sweatsuit would be color corresponding to her short set. And you're just like, do y'all not have a life? Do you not have anything else to do with your life? It, it, healthy relationship is not based on whether you match. It's also not based on whether you mate. A healthy relationship is based on whether you mouth. That was good. I don't care if you like it or not. I thought it was good. I I had fun writing that down for myself. It doesn't really matter whether you match or mate. What matters is whether you learn to mouth, whether you learn to talk. You see, some of us think that the health of our relationship is based on a lot of other things. And I'm going to name some of them for you real quick. Some of you think that your relationship is healthy because of of your sex life. Some of you think your your relationship is healthy because of shared goals. That you have like-mindedness in the matters of, of religion or money. But the truth is, is that all of those things I just mentioned is determined simply by whether or not you know how to communicate. Okay, so so I just want to challenge you. I, I just want to challenge you this morning. Can I challenge you? Can I challenge you to begin to communicate again with your mouth rather than all the other body parts that you have at your disposal? Because some of y'all, in the privacy of your own car and in your you're talking with a lot of things other than your mouth. Like you're rolling your eyes and 
you're wagging your finger. Oh, okay. Um, you, the most I can get out of you is a shrug of the shoulders, some grunts. What do you want for dinner? You ain't opened your mouth in weeks. And I just want to challenge you that for the sake of the health of your relationship, you've got to open up your mouth and talk again. Can I just remind you of the hour-long conversations you used to have on the phone where it went like this? You hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, I'm not asleep. You hang up. You hang up. Like, my, my phone bill is like $9,462, but I'm not going to be the first to hang up. Can I just remind you of like the 19-page long love letters that you used to write and, and, and you would share your heart and your dreams and your desires and now we get... Mm. See, you've got to understand some things this morning. It is through communication that we win commitment. So if it's through communication that we win commitment, then why do we grow silent once we win commitment? What you need to understand this morning is this truth. Your sound reveals your soul. That was great. Your sound reveals your soul. And if you continue to keep your sound to yourself, then you are unable to see and get the glimpse of each other's soul enough to establish intimacy. It, it, see, if you can't hear me, then, then you won't heart me. And it's really not about the word count, because I can stand up here and break that down for you too, that women use a lot more words than guys. Like by the time we get home from work, we've already used up our word allotment, right? And, and the woman's just getting started. All right? Uh, no matter whether she works outside the house or not, she's just getting started. She's just scratched the surface. It's really not about the, the word count. It's about making the word count. So that as a man, we go to work and we say all the words we need to say to get our job done. But then when we, go, when we come home, we reserve enough meaning words Meaningful words that when she wants to talk, we have any words left, we, we make the words, even if it's like five. Maybe it just needs to be three. Like, I love you. Instead of just assuming. One of the best pieces of marriage advice that Julie and I ever received was a couple that were in their late 80s and we did a, a newlywed game at our church in Greenville and, and they blew everybody away. They wanted hands down. They knew each other. It was ridiculous. It wasn't even fair. Uh, but one of the questions was, what, what's the one piece of advice you would give? And the man wrote it down and the woman answered it. And this was it. And we took this to heart. And, and unless, unless something just goes wrong, this is what we do every night. Before you go to sleep, you should end the day by saying, I love you. That's three words that matter that we each need to hear. It develops intimacy and communication. We've, intimacy hinges on communication. We've got to learn because here, listen to me. I, my question to you this morning is simply this. When is the last time you really talked? Really talked. And just as important as when was the last time you really listened. 
Because I need you to understand this morning that you can recite without relating. I'm not talking about just going through the motions of talking. I'm talking about meaningful, meaningful communication with your spouse, with your children, with your fiance, with your friends, with your dad. Meaningful com- conversation where they get a glimpse of who you really are. Intimacy. You missed that. Intimacy. How do you get into me? We communicate. You have to see. And I see through your sound. The last thing I want to tell you this morning is something I have, I have uh, mentioned to you on numerous occasions. I almost skipped it because I was like, this is just rehashing. But I'm going to keep saying this until we get it. Because I don't think some of us get it. I know I struggle with this, so maybe I'm just preaching to me. But one of the things that this account speaks to us and shows us and reveals to us is this, is that God sounds like your spouse. I think it's pretty apparent from the account that Gomer never really grasped the fact that her husband was God's chosen mouthpiece. In fact, I, 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 I can seem to find no indication in the entire account that Gomer ever came to grips with the idea that Hosea was a prophet. Everybody else seemed to understand that Hosea is a prophet, man. He's speaking for God. Twelve full chapters of of declarations uh, about God and what God is saying to his people. The only person that never seemed to be able to come to grips with that was, was, was G. She never got it. She never recognized. So, so stated simply, if Gomer had ever listened to Hosea, she would have heard God. Oh, can I prove some other accounts? There's some other accounts in Scripture of that too. If Eve had ever recognized that Adam was speaking for God, here's another account. If Steve would ever figure out that God sounds a whole lot like Julie, life would be so much easier. See, the truth is, is that if you don't hear your spouse, that's a pretty good sign that you're going to struggle to hear God. This, 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 I, I just wrote it down like this. I just, I just need to share it. God gives you the person that he gives you to speak for him. We think that God gives us the person he gives us so we can have great dates. So that we can establish a household together. So we can have beautiful kids. At least mine are. Right? That, what? But we don't, we don't come to grips with this understanding that the God that knows us best would also place that person in our lives because He knows us best. He would place somebody in our life that knows us better than any other human being on the planet to talk for Him. So, if we're going to embrace that truth, then it requires us to do some things. It requires us to be willing to listen. It requires us to honor their voice. Okay, that didn't go over good. It requires me. If I am going to recognize that when she talks, there's a very good possibility that it is the God of the universe speaking through her, then it requires me to elevate her opinions, even if I don't like them. It requires me to elevate her thoughts. See, it also requires on the backside of that for you to consider that your words 
could very easily be God's words to the person that you're with as well. So then, what that if you if you embrace that truth, then 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 wouldn't that adjust how we speak to one another? If if I recognize that God might be speaking through me outside of Sunday morning, like on Tuesday when we're talking about something else, and I recognize that I, I'm God's voice to my spouse, wouldn't that kind of determine that I might change my tone? Or I might, I might change how I speak. Thus saith the Lord. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying that if I recognize and I embrace the fact that I'm speaking for God to her, then it would, I would adjust how my tone sounds. And, and if I recognize that God is trying to use me and speak through me to the people that are close to me, wouldn't that adjust how I speak to my kids? Because now I recognize that God, God is speaking through me. So, so now I recognize that my spouse and my children and my coworkers and my friends, they're the way they think about God could hinge on me. Their opinion, their affection could hinge on the choice of the words that I use. It could be determined by the extended periods of silence that take place in my life. Okay, so let me say this to you. Hang with me. In the Old Testament, God sends prophets to the nations, doesn't He? I am convinced that in the New Testament age that we're in now, God sends spouses to houses. Did you get that? I think that God sent prophets to the nations, but now He sends spouse to the house to speak for Him. So maybe the silent season with God that your spouse is enduring is simply because you aren't speaking. Did you hear what I just said? I said maybe the silent season that your spouse is enduring spiritually right now is based upon the fact that you aren't saying anything. Maybe the silent season you're struggling through is because you have been unwilling to hear God speak through your spouse. Maybe God has been speaking, but you've ignored it because you didn't elevate their voice to be speaking for God. If we want to improve our relationships, then it becomes critical to improve our ability and our willingness to practice communication. We call... Listen to this term. We call it like this. We say, that person has communication skills. Do you know that skills are learned? So what I'm saying to you, and the last thing I'm saying to you this morning is this, simply, we need to learn communication skills. We, if your marriage is bad, if your relationship is struggling, then practice your communication skills. Learn some communication skills. Answer softly rather than harshly. Learn how to speak. Learn how to talk. Well, I don't like to talk. I'm a private individual. You're just going to have to read my mind. Listen, ladies, we don't have ESP. We've got ESPN, but we don't have no ESP. We, even after 40 years of marriage, we still can't figure out what you're thinking. So you might have to say something. Like, like bluntly tell us, no, no hints, no suggestions. Like you got to come out and say it. That's called communication skills. Develop them. Men, we've got to develop our communication skills because we, we make fun of the fact that we can't read a woman's mind. 
I'm, but, but okay, so I'm going to say it like this. But we forget that men don't have any minds. So, so, so we got to speak. I'm just playing. They can't read our minds either. I mean, we are pretty predictable. Um, aren't we? I mean, just show up at the door naked and have dinner ready, and we're happy. That's how predictable we are. Have the football channel turned on. That's all we need to have. have like, we're pretty simple, y'all. But if you don't know that, we got to communicate. I'm playing. I'm, I had to get a laugh because y'all were like getting way too serious. Way too serious. But the truth is, is that our spouse would be in a lot better, have a lot better ability to hear us if we actually communicated. Like, these are my dreams. These are my goals in life. You make me nervous when you spend too much. You make me, you, you make me uncomfortable when you say those things to another person. I, I, get, I get angry when you, when you react that way. You drive me nuts. And don't say it like that. Say, say uh, you cause me uneasiness when. How are they supposed to know if we don't tell them? We have to open up our mouths and talk. We can develop communication skills. So this is what I want you to do. If, if you're married, uh, I want you to look at your spouse. If you're not married, I want you to look at your fiancé. If you're not fiancéed, I want you to look at a friend. Uh, and I just want you to just say, say this to them. I just want you to ask them this question. Can we talk? Come on, ask them. Can we talk? Can we really? I, maybe, maybe right now, I'm saving you like $135 an hour marriage counseling right now. Maybe when, you, when your spouse looked at you and said, can we talk? You say, okay, you ask. Here we go. We're going to talk. And when we get home today, we are going to talk. You will change the whole dynamic of your relationship. You will learn and learn to, to know each other's soul. There will be intimacy that you have been missing in your life if you would simply open up your mouth and talk. Let me give you one last example and then I'll leave. Some of you have been coming to this church. Uh, we've been in existence for 10 years, six months, three weeks. 22 days, no, I'm playing, but 10, 10 and a half years. And you come every Sunday, almost. And you worship with one another. You may even greet one another. Smile, how's it going? Great. Enjoying this weather? Yeah. You see that game last night? Oh, yeah. But when you leave, you feel alone. And if we were to ask you, you would literally say, nobody there really cares about me. Because without communication, there's no intimacy. And you can continue to attend the same church for 20 years. And if you don't go beyond the weather and the sports event that you watched last night and really begin to communicate with one another, you will never have the ability to develop intimacy and have someone care for your soul. And what happens at churches happens in homes. And the same thing can be true. You can live in the same household with the same person for 25 years and be so alone. All based on whether or not 
you know, how to talk. And I just want to tell you this morning that God wants you to talk your way out of a bad marriage. If you're struggling this morning with your spouse and things are not good at home, can I give you a remedy right now? It's the same remedy a counselor will make you do, except they'll charge you a lot more money. They will make you talk. Tell me how you're feeling. Tell you, hey man, how does that make you feel? And then you got to sit in this room with a guy you don't even know and, and do that. And all of a sudden, after like 48 sessions, things begin to break through because you know one another. Couldn't we just head all that off and start talking now and go home maybe at lunch today? Here's your assignment at lunch today. Don't just talk about what you want to eat. Talk about life. You say, well, I'm not married. Why don't you go to lunch with a friend and share your heart? Make sure they're a trusted friend. Let's be smart now because you don't want everything you say on, on Facebook. Right? Give them just enough access to see whether they can handle it whether they're trustworthy, and then if they're trustworthy, you can share a little more. But if they blast you on Facebook, then pull back and don't tell them squat. I ain't telling you nothing. Tell me, you started to tell me your dream. You, don't, you can't handle my dream. I'll talk to you about sports all day long, but I ain't telling you nothing. Right? So be smart. But we would develop intimacy that could carry us through the dark times of life. I want to pray for you. Your assignment is to talk today. Some of you, listen, some of you need to talk to people before you leave. Because some of y'all exit like really fast so you don't have to talk to nobody. And I, don't, I, don't, I don't even like people. Listen, okay, I'm going to let y'all in on a little secret. Uh, we did this test uh, two weeks ago uh, with our pastoral team that, that gauges, they're all laughing at me because uh, it gauges your strengths and your weaknesses and the high was what? What was the high you could score of? 50, no, a 90, 99? I scored a four on relationships. On being relational. I don't like to talk to people. Y'all don't know that because I got the mic every Sunday. I don't like to talk to people. I'm shy. I know, look at y'all. Some of y'all are like, this is not true. I struggle because I'm shy. Some of y'all just think I'm rude. I'm just shy. So it's a struggle. There are certain people that I share my life with. It's a very small group. But at least I'm sharing my life. Some of you struggle. I get it. You're like, man, get me to the car and get me out of here. I don't want to talk to nobody. But you need people. So I want to encourage you this morning. Maybe it's just one person in this whole body that you trust. But you need to go to coffee. And you need to share life. So that you're not alone. Father, this morning I pray that you would help us as uh, husbands and wives, as moms and dads, as children, as dating couples, as friends, as co-workers, as fellow churchgoers in this body. We're family here. I pray that you would help us to develop our communication skills. I have to work at it. So God, I'm asking you to work it out in me. I'm asking you, for all of us to help us to learn how to open our mouths. We recognize today out of this account that you've given us that the health of every relationship we're in is re really hinges on whether or not we know how to communicate. If we can't talk, we can't walk. So Father, I pray this morning that you would allow us to learn how to communicate effectively. Let me learn how to share my heart with people. 
God, I pray that people would learn to share. Help us to share with one another. I pray we would do it with wisdom. That we would give people access to see whether they can handle the access. But once they handle it uprightly, then I pray that we would develop the skill where we can be intimate with one another. I pray for every marriage represented in this room. I know there are some in here that are probably struggling. And when they fight, they think it's about money. They think it's about the kids. They think it's about the cars. They think it's about the clothes. But Father, this morning I pray that you would reveal to us that the truth is simply this. Our arguments and our contention and our strife is really based on communication. I pray that you'd help us to learn to fight fair. I pray that you'd learn how to teach us how to to talk things out in a productive and a healthy way. God, if there's a relationship represented in here where uh, anger flares and 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 our volume goes up and we're caustic and we're 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 caustic and we're we're abrasive and we're harsh, I pray that you would teach us to be soft and gentle because we're speaking for you and our loved ones. Our loved one's thoughts and feelings about you, God, comes directly from how they view you through us. I pray that you would help us to learn how to communicate. I pray that a wife would step up and begin to speak for you, God. I pray that a husband would step up and speak for you, that long seasons of silence would be broken today and we would learn how to communicate one with one another so that we not only develop intimacy with one another, we develop intimacy with you. With you. God, if there is a couple in this house today that's on their way to marriage but they can't talk, I pray that you would speak clearly to them this morning and they would take some time and work on their ability to communicate before they ever commit to one another. God, if there are friendships that are strained in this house today, I pray that you would allow us to talk it out because we win commitment with one another through communication. Help us to talk it out. Let us talk our way into health. I pray that you would accomplish this today as we take time today to communicate with one another. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, Can we talk? Can we talk? Can we talk? It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.